Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. or should happen inside the church. Now, this topic goes by several names, but you may hear it called conflict resolution. Okay, And sometimes you'll hear it called church discipline. All right. Now, years ago, I took several courses from uh, a church-sponsored group on conflict resolution, studying conflict. And the teacher, who was a PhD, uh, her name was uh, Dr. Nancy Farrell, super smart lady, wow. One thing she mentioned is that she was always amazed when people said, you know, I wish things could just be like the original church. You know, way back in the New Testament. And she always felt that was really amazing because she says, have you read the New Testament? Because there's conflict everywhere. All these letters Paul's writing has to do with problems in the church that he's trying to fix. If you read the book of Acts, there's problem, 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 problem. So, I mean, this world we live in is full of problems. Now, here is the difference, though. People who believe in Jesus, who have a relationship with God through Jesus, are supposed to solve their conflict, their resolution, differently. Now, there's two different kind of modes behind that, though. The first really has to do with if two people have a complication with each other. In fact, the first thing I think that the New Testament makes pretty clear is that two Christians shouldn't be throwing each other in court in front of secular judges and, and, and people. Why? Because it gives the church a bad reputation. You know, and now, of course, somebody might say, well, I don't understand what that is. I need to get, I need to get what's due to me and, and, and all of this. And, and I get that. You know, I can't let people run over me. I, I get that. But Paul's point is, is that it's almost worth, <laughs> in some cases, getting run over because the resolution really should be done through the church. Now, Jesus was pretty uh, specific, and the two instances that we're going to look at, okay, we're in Matthew, these verses. Matthew 5.24 
And this is Jesus talking, and he says, uh, basically, that if, it says, this is the ESV, English Standard Version. So Jesus is saying, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift right there, or leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. So, Jesus is putting a priority here. Jesus is putting a priority here. He's saying, Look, if you think you're fixing to do something for me, for God, for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, here's what I'm telling you. First thing you need to do is get right with your fellow person over here that you got issues with. Now that's amazing. Okay? And that's Jesus talking. You can grab this verse in any version you would like, but essentially, Jesus is setting a priority here. Because the gift is supposed to be to God. And he's saying, look, you know. In the Old Testament, uh, there's a verse that says to obey is better than sacrifice. And the issue is, God says, love your neighbor as yourself. That means you got to go get right with your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Pretty much everyone. But the point is, is don't think you're doing a favor for God, you know, showing up at church if you're, you know, knocking down your neighbor's door and running them off the road and cussing them out and stuff like that. Because God's saying, you know, whoa, here's the priority. Now, resolution, resolution, conflict resolution supposed to, supposed to be able to happen in the church. Why is that? Why is that? It's because people in the church are supposed to be mature enough to do it, to resolve their conflicts within the body of Christ, within the congregation. And this is not a new concept. We get this concept from the way the Jewish people did that. Second Temple period, Jewish people did that. People Jesus was familiar with in the synagogues. They, they did that. They didn't haul people over into the Roman courts every, every chance they got. There were occasions they had to, yeah. But they tried to take care of it within the synagogue, within the community. So, can you imagine how much money <laughs> can be saved in pain, anguish, torment, you know, torment, ugliness? If we were able to resolve our personal conflicts with other people within the church itself. Now, here's the, here's the thing, and, and this is sad, but it's true. The reason we end up having to go to secular courts is because the secular courts can basically tee off and, and, and I mean they can basically levy 
damages on someone who isn't following their instructions. Let me repeat that. So we're talking about people who won't be civilized toward each other unless a judge says, if you don't do exactly what I tell you, I'm going to have somebody come and throw you in jail or fine you into poverty. That's the thing. And to be honest, in the U.S., we have gone off the rails with suing people. And people sue each other for anything. They're just looking for the reason to sue people. And oddly enough, I've also heard that there's research been done, historical research, that before Rome fell, one of the things that was really, really, really common is people were suing each other in court for nothing. So the more litigation that occurred, you know, helped maybe contribute to the downfall. Why? Because you, you're, you're to the point where people can't be civilized toward each other. And, and because that is a sign of maturity. And I've already mentioned, can't get mature without the Word. Can't get, you know, and you need a Bible teacher to teach the Word. And unfortunately, we've got a lot of Bible, a lot of pastors that are, have just flat quit teaching the Bible. I mean, they give sermons and, and they'll touch on stuff, but I mean... The grassroots of this is who it is, this is why he said it, and this and 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 going into the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know, and laying out the Bible for people so that they can really get the meat inside, right, and get some spiritual muscle going, so they can mature, so that we can resolve our differences within the church. So in Matthew, let's go back to Matthew for a second, 18.15. This is Jesus talking again. Jesus said that verse 18.15, Matthew, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, then you gained your brother. One version says, won your brother. I love that. Because it's it's about two people maturely getting to an understanding together. Now, in verse 16, but if he does not listen, Take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Ah, okay. Now, where are these two or three others supposed to come from? From the congregation. It doesn't say that, okay? It doesn't say go to the church and get these, okay? Because, again, this is before the book of Acts. This is when Jesus was here, but the, the, the understanding is is and and I suppose that you could get you know anyone, but 
a brother and sister or sister in, in Christ would be a good idea, and someone that both of you mutually know would be even better, right? But the thing is, that way, when the charges are and the complaints are put out there, and again, we're talking small group. He didn't. He didn't say, you know, get on the internet. He didn't say go to go to TV court. We're talking small group on their own, but that way you have two to three people besides the people in question with the argument, with a disagreement. And then there's not he said, she said, who said, we said, boo said, all this jazz. You can be established by two to three witnesses. Verse 17, if he or she refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, and by the church they mean the congregation, which the Hebrew word would be edah, Greek word is ekklesia. Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, this is interesting coming from Jesus because Jesus, uh, you know, interacted with tax collectors. Okay, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. Interesting that Matthew, in and this is his gospel, he's. Actually saying that, be like a tax collector. He was a tax collector, so he knew, he understood, he got it, all right? But the interesting thing is, is Jesus doesn't say, oh, well, you know, just forget it. Go on your, you know, just, just, oh, well, I'm going to agree to disagree, okay. That's not what he says at all. And by the way, the person levying the charge can also be the one who's in the wrong. But it's with still within the community of the church. Now, in the U.S., church discipline like this is almost non-existent. More often than not, what the church does is if they got a troublemaker, then they'll ask them to go to another church. Oh, well, gee, okay, so you kick the problem down the road and let them deal with it. Well, that's not constructive because, you know, pawning your problem off, that doesn't help the person with the problem, with the disagreement, doesn't help them and doesn't help the church. You know, boom, down the road, and then boom, you're messing up another church. But can you imagine how the legal system, at least in the U.S., could be streamlined if we could do this kind of thing? You know, this does exist in the legal system in the U.S. It's called arbitration or mediation. It's basically where a judge says, dudes, get in a room and figure it out. I'm ordering you to do that. And again, that's a judge putting the screws to somebody, forcing them to do something that they should have volunteered to do to begin with. It's maturity. 
we haven't got it sometimes. We just, and, and believe me, if, if, if you're into this process and you're, I mean, you're all into this and you understand it and you do it, God bless you, okay? Because you've got, you're ahead of everybody. <laughs> but this is almost non-existent. In fact, one of the only church groups that I've heard of that practices, or I don't know if they do anymore, but, but used to practice uh, church discipline on a regular basis was the Church of Christ. Churches of Christ in the U.S. Now, you know, I'm not Church of Christ, so I'm not going to get detailed in that. I'm just going to say I'd heard that they do. I do know this. Uh, I've been in a bunch of different Baptist churches, and I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff, and I've never seen anything go through the, the stages necessarily like we're talking here. More often than not, what happens? you got two people suing the heck out of each other. They run and run to the civil court, and man, they go nuts. You know, spend a ton of money, and then tie the courts up. Now, I'm not saying and not suggesting that it's not important to use the court system. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, isn't there any way we can be civilized enough, mature enough, forget civilized, mature, spiritually mature enough in the Lord to work our issues out within the church? And if the answer is no, then where are we? Where are we? Where did Christian maturity go? If is I mean, is it gone? Is, I mean, literally, is there is there no one? So anyway, with that in mind. I want to encourage you to follow what Jesus is saying here if you can. And by, by and large, if you find a church that actually follows Jesus' example here, the way he's, he's lining it out, then that is a special place. That is a special place. Now, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Always want to encourage you to keep on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.